coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. I look back at some of the work I, I made, you know, four or five years ago, and I kind of cringe at it. It's not that it was bad. It's just compared to what I'm kind of doing now, and I'm happier in what I'm doing. If you're not improving what you're doing all the time, then you're just standing still, I suppose. Big thank you for tuning in today. We've got Damien Quinn as our guest, and Damien delivers some great insights. But just before we get there, and as usual, we have to say a massive thank you to Hawora as the overarching sponsor of the show. It provides us with the ability to distill lessons from all of our guests to you, the audience. And alongside that, thank you to everyone who listens, who gives feedback, who supports the show. We are truly grateful when we see a message or interaction or hearing that the show has impacted someone. So just to say, we really appreciate it, and please continue to support the show. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons, and learnings. Today we spoke with Damien Quinn, illustrator for professional sports teams and curator of The Drawn Game. Damien Quinn draws, as per his Instagram handle, is a supremely talented Limerick-born illustrator currently living in Sydney, Australia. His clients are very impressive. FC Barcelona, the NRL, Denver Broncos, Denver Nuggets, New York Red Bulls, British and Irish Lions, Sporting Limerick, the Limerick leader, and Atlanta United FC. Damien illustrated the children's book, Up in the Air, written by former Tipperary All-Ireland winner, Paddy Stapleton. The Drawn Game is an illustrated look at the GAA, featuring artwork by 27 illustrators and artists. Damien spoke with some of the greats from the world of hurling, camogie and Gaelic football, and of course, illustrated some pieces. There are brilliant stories and insights from legends of the game, including John Milan, James O'Connor, Sarah Durbin, TJ Ryan, Jackie Hurley, to name but a few from issue two. Proceeds from the sale of books support Pieta House and Samaritans. We spoke about how Damien got involved with so many prestigious sporting institutions, appreciation of work on social media, and collaboration as part of the drawing game. We unpacked memorable art pieces, his process of iteration and sending out work to the public, and how to sustain excellence with a team rather than only doing one great piece. Damien opened up on supporting charities. He is a giver, a high performer in the truest sense. Damien Quinn, thanks very much for joining the two of us on the show today. Really looking forward to chatting with you. How's life? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, life's good. I'm um, just here in Sydney. We're in a bit of a lockdown at the moment, but you know we can't, we can't complain too much. We're, we're getting on with it. Strange times over there definitely is lockdown. A chance for you to hone in on the craft and get going writing-wise? It is, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I've had a bit more time the last couple of weeks, too. Obviously, like, I have my day job as well, but... Um, I've had a, lot, a bit of time the last couple of weeks to start, you know, doing my own thing as well and kind of practicing my own illustration stuff. So, no, it's been good. It's been good. I've definitely, I've made use of the time I've had. So a bright side to the, something that's not so bright. What brought you over to Australia in the first place? Well, I suppose I moved here in 2010 and it was kind of starting to hit the peak of the recession back home. So I was working in a few different counties around Ireland, different design studios and hours are starting to get cut back in. You know, you know what it's like. I, at one stage, half of Ireland moved over to Australia here in Sydney, so uh, it was. Um, I, I joined them, moved over with the intention to live live here for a year, and next thing you know, you meet an Australian, and that's it. You're you're stuck here, you know, in a, in a good way. 
And talk to us about the illustration piece. I mean, we, we were going to say, when will we bring it in? We have to bring it in early because you were, we were just saying off air to everyone who's listening. You're, you're so talented, Damien. Like, when did, when did you kind of realize this was something you really wanted to focus in on as your, your art and as your craft? Yeah, it's, it, I have a funny relationship with illustration, actually. It's, it's always what I've been good at um, when I was a kid. And just like any, any kid just drawing footballers in, 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 in your copy books when you're supposed to be actually doing stuff in school, you know. And I, I always had good art teachers in school. I went to school in Brough and um, I went to the Limerick School of Art and Design as well and studied. And they really kind of pushed me. So illustration was always my kind of my first passion. And I, and I studied graphic design, visual, visual communication at the Limerick School of Art and Design. And um, kind of I studied graphic design because... There was obviously a, a way of kind of earning a few quid, you know. So that's kind of that's what pushed me down that path. And it, it's funny. Uh, I was actually thinking about it recently. I actually didn't illustrate anything for about five or six years, from two thousand and ten till about sixteen, I think. Kind of lost a bit of confidence with it, and I think it was just one day I just something twigged me again. I wanted to get back into it again, and you know, I got the pen and paper out again and just started drawing. And then I kind of started and um, one day I was just on um, I think it was Instagram and I saw all these different you know sports illustrators and I you know I, I didn't really think it was it was a thing but it was you know once you get into a bit of a wormhole on Instagram you, you discover all these different artists and I'm like geez I, I want to get I want to kind of want to get a piece of this you know this is this is exactly what I want to be doing so I just threw up an illustration one day uh, on Instagram set up a set up an account and and I got some great feedback from that one illustration I put up and things started to kind of snowball from there, really. And what was it that sparked the loss of confidence? Was it, you know, outlook on employment or what area? I'm not sure what it was, to be honest with you. It was just, you just lost the confidence to draw and it was always the one thing I was good at, you know. So, you know, life gets in the way of different things. The thing with illustration, you need to find time to do it. You need to put the hours away. And that's something I just didn't, I just didn't prioritize it really for a long time. And it was kind of, you know, my, my wife, she's a, she's a designer as well. So she, she was a big, a big factor in it as well. You know, she, she really pushed me to get back into drawing. And, and that was kind of the catalyst for it, really. It was just, I sat down, drew a few things. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now, you know. And with that piece on Instagram, that took a bit of time to, to get down on paper, took five to six mm. years. How much of it was extrinsically motivated that, you know, likes and comments, geez, that's brilliant, Damien. Or was it... Did you have a sense from within that this is a nice piece of work for this this sort of reason? Honestly, at the start, it was it nothing. It, it wasn't really to, to get you know likes and stuff like that. It was just it was just to, to kind of test it. It's like is my work actually good? It's all well and good. The people who are close to you telling it's good, but you kind of once you kind of expose yourself and you put your work out there for other people to kind of to look at and critique, and that's kind of when. I mean, it shouldn't be the most important aspect, but it's kind of it's kind of a good gauge to kind of see where you're at. It literally it was an illustration of Roy Keane and a, a YouTube channel in um, in Dublin uh, spotted it, and they commissioned me to do a couple of um, couple of illustrations for them. And again, that was another thing that kind of gave me the confidence to kind of say to myself, you know what, if I kind of stick at this, you never know what come of it. And uh, after that, I got a couple more jobs for a few different agencies, and you know, I got did a bit of work for a couple of League of Ireland teams and. And again, the same thing, that kind of gave me a bit of confidence. So that's kind of how everything has kind of gone for me in the last couple of years. It was just, it, it's kind of built and built. Why was Roy Keane the one, the main man to get the, the first big draw? Keane Osher, I'm a, I'm a big United fan. So um, 
Couldn't it was it was Keno. I kind of had to. I, I I said I'd stick to what I know, you know. So <laughs> yes, it was Keno and an Irish kid from back in the day. I think it was around two thousand and four, but it was a good one. And sure, most people like Keno anyway. So not everybody, but a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, most people. Talk to us about the process of that. So you picked Roy Keane, yeah, legend, yeah. captain. Yeah. We understand why you picked Keno. What was the picture of Roy Keane, and how how did you decide which? version of Roy Keane to show would it have been him shouting would it would have been the Alfinger Haaland pose would it have been oh, scoring a goal would it have been getting a card how would you decide this is how I want to show Roy Keane and, yeah. and then that probably builds into process for other pieces of work it does yeah, yeah it's kind of like I think a lot of it with social media and stuff like that it's kind of like you're trying to pick out stuff that will um, resonate with people iconic moments I was just trying to capture an image of him, you know, where your typical kind of just before he goes into heat of battle, he's kind of he's he's there, he's standing there in the in the national for the national anthem, and he's kind of, you know, the typical Roy Keane stare. He's he's in the he's in the zone. Por- and portrait illustration would be one of my kind of favorite styles to to illustrate too. So that was kind of the reason for it, really. And then moving on, the evolution of it, yeah. where you are now, like the recent one you put out was messy, sitting there yeah. in a cafe in Paris. <laughs> How do, where does the creativity and the ideation come from them images? It's not a copy of an image before. It's coming straight from your head. Where do you harness that from? I, that's something that's kind of developed over the last couple of years. And it's, it's come from um, the different kind of clients I've worked with the last couple of years. So a, a lot of the stuff I do for, especially teams like in America, um, a lot of the, the, the illustrations be very concept driven. So it's not just, you know, a footballer running or posing, um, you know, celebrating a goal. It's it's putting them into situations that they're they're you know unreal situations that people mm-hmm. kind of will um, kind of they call it thumb stopping content, I suppose. Where it's like it's something where people will just stop and like instead of just you know scrolling and scrolling, they'll be like oh the and then they'll look for little Easter eggs in an illustration. I think that's what people like about um, these sort of content pieces. So the the messy one, for example. Like there's a lot of stuff happening there, you know, if you actually look at it, he, he's got a croissant on the table, he's got his, his Ballon d'Or, he's got, you know, there's PSG flags on, on the bridge, you've got the, you got the Eiffel Tower in the back. So it's kind of like, yeah, the idea was just to make it look like, you know, that Messi has kind of, he settled in quickly to, uh, to living the Paris lifestyle, but that's kind of yeah, where that one came from. What we all want to do in Paris. Exactly, yeah. We'd love to just take a pivot there for a minute and mm. having rolled forward and yeah, you know, you're working with some amazing teams. And when we look at your Instagram, you're seeing the, you know, Broncos, you're seeing the Nuggets, you're seeing the Lions, you're seeing Atlanta, MLS, all these sort of amazing projects. But yet, a lot of projects close to home and close to the heart, sporting Limerick, Limerick leader. What must that feel like when you're still obviously massively contributing to those sort of pieces of work and, and Limerick hurling, who obviously have a big game coming up? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's It's the stuff that, because obviously I, I I grew up as a as a big um, a GA fan, you know. Following Limerick Carling was kind of my number one. So getting the opportunity to do stuff for like the leader there a couple of years ago for the paper, and it was like the week of the All Ireland final. Like that stuff is kind of more special. And now it's not to take away from anything I've done for any teams around the world. Like I'm super proud of that work. But it's just it's it's as you said, it's the stuff you do for the sort of jobs or where you're from. And it's like the people you know from home kind of see that and they kind of, they would take more notice of that sort of stuff. So that's the stuff I'm most proud of, funnily, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I love doing the Limerick Carling illustrations, you know. Um, and even even to do that job for Sporting Limerick, you know, that was that was awesome as well, you know, because 
I've you know I've been aware of that logo for years, and then when they approached me to to, to redesign it for them, that was an awesome an awesome thing, and and it's gone pretty well for them. So it, you know it's um it's cool it's cool to see your work out there, you know. And let's let's build on the GEA mm. and the piece of work that drew drew Kiran and I obviously to your work, the drawn game. You know you've got the yeah. the second edition coming out, John Kiley on the front, kind of a collection for for people that mightn't understand a collection of illustrators nice written pieces about people like James O'Connor, John Milan, you know, there's something in there from TJ Ryan, a lot of diversity, huge range across Gaelic football and hurling. And also you're giving back with it, which really drew our attention. Talk to us about the genesis of that project. Yeah. So that started, let's say, yeah. So the second one is out now. So it was, yeah, two years ago, um, I've always wanted to do something for charity because and I, I knew I could do something with the illustration, but I didn't know what. And I was chatting to another um, Dublin-based illustrator. He's, his name is uh, Dermot Milton. He's probably well-known for his GA work. And we were talking about, you know, what could we do, you know? And we were just going to do a, a book that was just full of illustrations. There would have been no interviews in it. And then I, was, I, would, have, I would have known a couple of different kind of GA players. And I just got in touch. And it's like, well, would you like to do an interview for this? And it just it kind of escalated, you know? And it just um, it, it started to become bigger than I thought it would. And then... For the first issue, it was to raise money for a better life for Livy. It was a little girl in Donegal. Um, she needed like a very rare, um, she had a very rare disease that needs it could only be um looked after in America. It cost quite a lot, so I, I was like, Jesus, that that'd be a good one to get behind, you know, because a little girl of my own. So I thought it it would kind of it resonated with me anyway, and that was that was kind of the the where it started from so I just I knew a couple of illustrators and then I just chanced my arm and I just I contacted all these different illustrators I can I contacted about 12 or 13 different fairly well-known GA personalities and I'd say every single one of them got back to me which which made my life it was good but it made my life a lot harder so I had to interview everybody I had to transcribe them I had to do the illustrations get it was a big big project but it was very, very satisfying. The feedback from the first issue was fantastic and the second one's gone really well as well. So it's definitely something I want to keep doing because it's raising funds and it's just a, it's just a really nice thing to be a part of, you know. I got some help from a, a, pr- a printing house in Limerick to help me produce the book. The fact that people like it, enjoy the book and it's raising some funds, that's, that's success to me. Like if 20 people bought the book, I'd be happy, you know. Luckily, luckily enough, a lot of people bought it. So that's great in itself, you know. Yeah, and fair play. It's a great piece of work. Well, thanks very much. What parts of it, never mind having to interview and transcribe everyone, which the two of us are going, that's some amount of work, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were there any parts of it that didn't maybe quite go to plan? And and if yes, how, how did you manage to adjust and still make it work and maybe even learn from that? Um, it's funny, with something like this, you're, you, you, you're, you have to put a lot of trust in the other people involved to do what you asked them to do <laughs> in terms of like you know all the illustrators were great you know but like you know there will be times where I'm getting close to my deadline and I'm like I know these guys are doing this for free you know because it's for charity but I'm like guys I need this or else I'm in trouble <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's like it's that that's that that's the thing with I suppose doing something for charity like that you really you know there's that fine line I suppose um because people are doing you a solid but it's like Okay, you said you do this for me, but where is it? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so you know, it was great. Like I, there, there wasn't too honestly, to be honest with you, there wasn't too many issues with it. Um, you know, it was probably I probably gave myself too much work. That's probably the the biggest issue I, I would look at it. Um, 
you know, especially in terms of actually like as as you said, transcribing it and doing the interviews. But you know, I, I honestly can't have any complaints. It's just a it's just a lovely project, and yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it until uh, until it gets too hard. <laughs> Yeah. If you if you look at all the companies you've worked with, all the yeah. the big teams, all the Sporting Limerick, everything like that, mm. just echoes to when we're doing interviews and when we're preparing. We always learn something when we're researching. We always find out something new, gain a bit of knowledge. Has mm. there been any significant piece of knowledge you you gained across, be it England, be it Barcelona, be it Broncos, be it Sporting Limerick, that you embodied and actually changed the way you did your craft or to change the way you do your daily behaviors because of that work you did with that client yeah definitely initially when i started doing this four to five years ago like i would have taken it seriously but it's when you start dealing with these these organizations and you know they're super professional and it, and it rubs off on you and it's it's definitely made me and not that i didn't take my work seriously but really really try and kind of kind of perfect my my craft i suppose attention to detail for example even like that barcelona job that i did with from uh, was the messy illustration um you know like, like so many people would have seen that so from my experience from working with different other other teams around the world it would have been i really have to nail this you know like this you know that barcelona job is probably the biggest one i suppose in terms of profile that i've ever done and you know there was a, a bit of pressure on me you know because it was quite actually it's a bit scary you know even just saying the name barcelona is scary in itself <laughs> but I've definitely taken I'm definitely more professional I suppose in how I go about things I, the time and effort I put into jobs yeah I think that's something that's definitely rubbed off of me I suppose and and you don't just do sport we've we've mm. talked a lot about sport and you know this podcast focuses on sport business military arts all that sort of stuff taste Ireland those sort of projects look mm. uh, really impactful loads of fun What's it like when you're switching tack from working with a sporting organization or individual and then going over to the business world? What do you, what do, how do they learn from one another and kind of what do you adapt really about that process? It's actually a nice break sometimes. It's like I'm sports mad, you know, like that's my number one passion. That's, that's kind of why I do it because I was never going to be a professional sports player. So just it's, it's just a lovely break sometimes to get a job like that when it comes into your inbox and you're like, oh, this is awesome. You bring your experience from the other stuff I've done and it's, it's a good opportunity to even just kind of mix up your style a bit as well, you know. So I try not to have one sort of style that I do, but it's, it's kind of hard to avoid. For that Taste Ireland job, they're based in Sydney here. Um, you know, that was a good opportunity to mix up style and get to, I got to draw different kind of, kind of famous Irish products that are sold over here and it was just a really fun job and it's it's that nice connection to home as well it was just uh it was a perfect storm i suppose and when you're preparing for a piece of work like that you mentioned refining and improving your craft yeah do you have a set process or triggers that get you into the mode like into the flow for being creative for drawing for that illustration i would usually do quite a bit of i mean i like to kind of be prepared you know i just don't go in kind of cold turkey so a lot of the ideas will come from the the social team who will be working with because it's predominantly predominantly for social media a lot of the jobs and they'll come to me with the the bones of an idea um and a lot of the time it'll be kind of me discussing it with them um and a lot of the time their ideas are fantastic and but there are there are times where i'll have to come back at them and be like mm, i'm not sure that's going to work and and a lot of time it's great it's very um it's very collaborative so that's good it's been it's been good in that way and then if you're if you're finally getting your piece ready, when do you know when to pull the trigger to, to send it out? That's something I've got better at actually over the years. Um, I would have just kept messing with it and kept going and kept going. And there's no way of explaining it really because 
you can't really define when something is done really can you it's kind of when you've decided it's done you know there's no there's no like alarm that goes off when it says it's done you know what I mean so it's and it's a confidence thing as well I think um mm. the illustration stuff has definitely built my confidence I've definitely been able to kind of kind of know now when things are close to being done if that makes sense whereas you know when I've just been starting out I would have been second guessing myself it's like oh my god is this good enough and you know, you'd have the you'd have the email ready to send and be like, no, no, I can't send it. I'll go back and I'll go back and I'll uh, I'll fix this. I don't like that. I don't like this, and I'm not sure that guy looks like him. Um, actually, I have a funny story. Actually, I was thinking from a, a job I did. It was one of the first kind of big jobs I did in Australia, and I won't name the team, but it was an AFL team, and I did a job for them. It was a, an example of them not fully letting me take control of the situation. You know, I had drawn it in a style that I usually draw in. And then they came back and they asked me, you know, to draw it in a different way, which is not my style. So the, res- the resulting illustration ended up, I don't know if you remember that um, Ronaldo statue that was made a couple of years ago. I was actually going to bring it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was horrific. Like, So, I mean, my illustration wasn't too far off this now. Um, and, especially, and, and, you know, on social media, there's no mercy. It was one of my first jobs and I got absolutely battered, like... And that hit me for six, you know, for a couple of weeks. And then I, after a while, I saw the funny side of it. But um, yeah, that was an example of, you know, people I've been working with. And the people I work with now put a lot of trust in me. And there's a confidence in that as well. So yeah, that was just a, a, very, a very funny one that I can, laugh, I can laugh about now. People obviously keep, keep you involved because, of, because they like your style. And they probably don't want to take ownership of it. They're going to let the artist yeah. do his thing. Yeah. And you know, nobody likes a one-hit wonder or hat-trick on debut. What what we're intrigued too by is the fact that Canton, then Peyton Manning, then you see the Abbey Road picture with the Broncos, then you're seeing the NRL pieces, you're seeing the Atlanta pieces, the MLS. Longevity is something that's really important. And like, how can you stay in the game and keep it fresh and, and keep that relationship up with that team? Because, yeah, especially the Broncos are a great example, you know, because they've been great to me the last couple of years. Like, they've given me so much work and I have a great relationship with them. I suppose my style, I don't think it's dated yet, which is good, you know. There will there will come a time where I have to kind of mix it up, but that's something I try to do all the time anyway. Like, I, I don't try and... I look back at some of the work I, I made, you know, four or five years ago, and I kind of cringe at it. You know, it's not that it was bad, it's just compared to what I'm kind of doing now, and I'm happier in what I'm doing, but if you're not improving what you're doing all the time then you're just standing still I suppose I'm just trying to improve all the time and that's that's all I can do you know and the, the clients I'm working with they're still happy with my work so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and that's something I kind of have to kind of you know think about wh- where my work goes from here I suppose in terms of how it stays fresh but I, I'm not really thinking about it like that it's just I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and people are liking the work so that's that's all I'm, that's all that kind of matters really at the moment yeah that's excellent and then with the you mentioned social media is where most of them are driven towards. What's been the what's been the most shocking or maybe surprising response you got, whether it was an athlete or whether it was a team or whether it was just a fan, and you thought, "Whoa, that really impacted them," or that's <laughs> that was funny to even see that written down on Instagram. Well, I suppose that that example I gave you about that team, and I nearly actually gave away the team name. There I was about to say it. Um, <laughs> that was probably a good example of a negative. Um, I haven't had too many, you know. I haven't had too many negative responses to touch wood online. You know, you'll always get the dodgy comment down at the very bottom of Twitter if you if you, if you want to see all the comments. I've had some projects that I've worked on that I'm, I've kind of surprised how well they took off. Like, there was a job I did for um, the ICC World Cup final, um, the Cricket World Cup final, 
it was in 2019, I think. And um, it was, you know, it was an illustration of, and it was Owen Morgan. Um, he he was the captain of England, um, a good Irish man there. And uh, <laughs> he uh, he was the captain and he, you know, he was kind of, the, the scene was, there was this kind of like a nightclub and all the, the former World Cup winning captains are all sitting in the club and they're welcoming him in. Um, but that, that, like, that went over like a million likes on um, on Instagram, I think. And it was just like, it was a bit nuts, you know. And, you know, the likes thing isn't that important, but it was just to see so many people had kind of interacted with something you had produced. And that was, that was a bit crazy, you know. It was just, it was, it was a bit of, it was kind of a, it was a moment where I kind of realized that I could, I could definitely keep doing this, if that, that makes sense. It was, it was definitely, it was like another confidence boost, I suppose. I think when it's an organic piece of work, the likes actually do mean a lot more than if it's just a picture of somewhere you've taken. If you've created it, then a million likes has really shown that a million people think this is great work. So that's very gratifying, I'd say, to see. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the likes thing, I suppose, is it's a funny one. You know, it's like, that's not what I'm doing it. You know, it's uh, it, my, I suppose my main thing is to make work I'm proud of, I suppose, more than anything. You know what I mean? Just going to ask you what's motivating you. Um, oh, yeah, scrap, sorry. scrap that one, Damon, for a minute. Going to turn into, you're an artist, you're producing individual pieces of art and that, you know, resonate with a lot of people, be that with sports, be that organizations, be that individuals. But then we've obviously discussed a few minutes ago about a collaborative piece of work where you're bringing together lots of illustrators. And mm. that in itself sometimes is unusual because ego confidence that we've talked about you know is he better than me or is i like his style should i take that style how, how do you kind of find the the common ground as it were especially if it is a collaborative project well i suppose with the with the drawing game the the book that's you know that's different i suppose isn't it it's um it's it's a bit it's it's a it's a book for charity and we're all kind of doing we're all in it for the same reason you know obviously we're doing it for like a lot of people will see the work as well, you know. That's what it, that's what it was there for as well. To be totally honest, you know, there's it's given exposure to people's work who might not have the exposure as well, you know. And it was given a platform to younger illustrators as well to get their work out there. So there was that part of it too. But ah, oh, listen, I'd be lying to you if I said there isn't like a bit of envy of other people's styles. Like I look at other illustrators that I that I look up to, and I'm blown away by how talented they are, you know. So it's. That's it's the same in any industry, isn't it? Looking at the other person, see how they're doing, and what I've changed in my mindset in the last couple of years is, I look at these guys who are incredible, and I'm like, they're doing their own thing. I've just got to do my own thing, if that makes sense. I've got to just um, people like the work I'm doing. I'm not going to be able to reproduce what these these other guys are doing. So it's just it's building that kind of I suppose I keep using the word confidence, but is is that sort of self confidence that what you're doing is good and these other guys are good as well, you know? So it's just it, it is what it is at the end of the day. And then other work you've done, Paddy Stapleton's book, Up in the Air. What was it like illustrating for a book like that, where you knew it was going to impact locally individual kids around Ireland, teenagers in the GAA? Yeah, that was brilliant, actually. I really enjoyed that. And Paddy, he's a, he's a sound man. I know he's from Tip. I want to hold that against him. But yeah, no, he was brilliant to work with. Like, and, and that would have been a job. That would have been something that I've always wanted to do, you know do uh, the cover of a kid's book and that job just came out of nowhere you know um just on twitter just messaged me and um it was just brilliant you know um such it was probably one of the smoothest jobs i've ever worked on because i would be a hurling fan and you know obviously paddy he's won he's won a couple of all irelands and he had a very clear vision of what he wanted it was just just a really enjoyable project and 
yeah, it was great to see, like, you know, especially on social media, he was sharing images of all these different kids in different schools. You know, there'd be a classroom of 30 people holding up his book. And that was just, uh, you know, that was just brilliant to see. And the fact that it was inside, you know, different different bookshops in Limerick and around Munster. And, you know, it, it was a, it, it was kind of bittersweet, you know, seeing all those images of, of the book in stores. But I'm always over in Sydney and it's kind of... It, it's kind of there's a bit of a disconnect there but it's uh it was just it was lovely yeah definitely that's definitely one of my kind of my, one of my favorite projects i've worked on yeah it was brilliant we've talked a lot about the projects that are you know purpose-led giving you a lot of pride and, and we can understand that curious as to what's next for what's next for damon quinn draws what what are the next interesting pieces of work on the horizon there's a couple, I, there's one or two that I, I'm very excited about um, in terms of, I, America has been very good to me actually in the last couple of years and, you know, the NFL season is coming up soon. So there's a couple of projects that I'm I'm hoping get signed off in the next couple of weeks for a couple of different teams. So that's brilliant, you know, like the fact that I'm working with them now is just, it, it's very cool. So I'm very honoured to be working with these teams. So yeah, there's a couple of projects now that I'm excited about in the next couple of weeks that I hope come over the line. I suppose there's a few I can't really talk about because they haven't been signed off, but there is, you know, I'm, I'm potentially going to be very busy in the next couple of months, I, I hope. So that's a good thing. And I'm, I'm just kind of tipping away with my own personal work at the moment, just kind of uh, kind of like that, that messy illustration, uh, the Paris one. I'm kind of do, doing a lot more of that conceptual stuff at the moment. So, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. So the next couple of months, are there'll be a lot of late nights, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> and then going back to maybe when it was that five-year period when you went drawn or maybe even younger Damien Quinn, if you had to give yourself a lesson or a bit of information or advice, what would you say to a younger self? I kind of wish that I had started doing what I'm doing now earlier, if that makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 36 now. Um, and it's, good, it's a good age. It's a good age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel it these days. I, yeah. I, I wish I had started it earlier because it would have been interesting to see where I would have got with it now, but I suppose when you kind of hit your thirties, there's a bit of um, you kind of a, a, re, a bit of a refocus or something. I suppose and kids, kids are that to you as well. It's just probably a bit more mature now than I was in my twenties. But I wish, I do wish I had kind of started it earlier, and I wish I had um, got back into the illustration at, at a younger age. But it is what it is. I've kind of, I'm, I can't complain too much, kind of where I've got to. So I kind of said to myself, give myself a bit of a shake. Damien, as a high-performing illustrator working with loads of high-performing individuals and, and organizations, last question for, from us on the show is, what does high-performance mean to you? Yeah, it's definitely not high-performance in terms of my playing ability in sport anyway, but um, <laughs> um, in, terms of in terms of illustration, I think I suppose, first and foremost, it's creating work that I'm proud of. If I'm, I don't want to make work that I'm not 100% happy with, if that makes sense. It's all about you know, producing the best work I can produce and what I've learned in the last couple of years, if I don't have enough time on a job, I, I, I just won't do it. I don't want to just put out work that is kind of half done or I can, or if I look back at it in the next week and I'll be like, geez, that's, that's nowhere where it should be, you know. So in, in context of illustration, that would be the high, that would be high performance for me, I suppose, in terms of like just creating the best work I can produce and, and that I can sit back afterwards and be like, and be proud of it, I suppose. Damien Quinn, we'd like to say thanks very much for giving us your, your evening all the way over in Australia. Hope yeah. everything goes okay in the next couple of weeks for you. And look, we're going we're gonna to send everyone listening to this to, to all your work, to your website, to the drawing game um, and to your Insta because there's 
there's so much there to look at. It's an amazing, amazing collection. So wishing all the best with all that moving forward and stay, stay well, stay healthy. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan. <laughs>